Welcome to Well Connected, a podcast for faculty, staff, residents, and fellows of UT Health Houston, brought to you by the UT Health Employee Assistance and Wellbeing Programs Office. I'm Julie Van Orden. And I'm Anna Alvarado. The goal of Well Connected is to create opportunities for employees to connect the dots between three things what's going on in our heads and hearts, how these thoughts and feelings affect our well being and where we can find resources through the university to work toward a resolution. Today, our guest is Jasmine Holmes. Jasmine is a licensed professional counselor currently in the role of faculty assistance specialist in the UT Health Houston Office of Employee Assistance and Wellbeing Programs. She works with us. Jasmine graduated with her master's degree from Houston Baptist University and has worked in the mental health field for almost 15 years in settings to include special education, forensics, and now academia. Clinically, Jasmine desires to help individuals live peacefully in their present by focusing on the things that they can control instead of the things they cannot. Welcome to the podcast, Jasmine. Hi, Jasmine. Thank you for having me. Hello. We are so blessed to have you here. Thank you. So, Jasmine, our topic today is social well-being. And just to lay a foundation down for our discussion, what is social well-being and why is it important to us? Great question, Anna. So, social well-being, the basis is relationships. And not just any relationship, those relationships that are healthy, the ones that are nurturing, supportive, the ones that kind of foster growth, Um, the relationships that allow you to be your authentic self. Those are the ones that lay the foundation for social well-being. And when you think about the importance of social well-being, you kind of think about us as human beings. That's one of our basic needs, having that love and that sense of belonging with other people. Um, And not just at home, but at work as well with colleagues, um, of course, at home with family and friends. But having that belongingness and having that support kind of helps you feel like you don't have to navigate the world by yourself, right? It kind of improves your self-esteem, your confidence, your self-worth. So it's important in that way. It's crucial to have that social well-being. Yeah, I love the idea of the authentic self and um, that they accept who you are. Um, I feel like when I am in a group like that, that I feel like I can be held accountable to them or from them as well without feeling offended. Yeah. It's a different kind of, of accountability. It's it's like I trust them to be mm-hmm. not, right. not judgmental, but honest and also leaving room for me to really be myself. So there's so much that goes into that. Yes. And I think that's so important to have those people that hold you accountable. I often say that I have friends that meet different needs in my life and I want to meet their needs as well. Um, But those that you can set those boundaries and have those conversations where you can vent and not feel judged. All of those things are very important for your social well-being. Yeah, I love that. And you also mentioned the word belonging and Mm kind of want to shift the conversation on our discussion when it comes to social well-being and tie it into the holidays because we are now in December and everybody is um, gathering and I just um, I'm so filled with anticipation of of Christmas because that's what I celebrate. But um, just thinking about what it's going to be like, like 
cool yeah. weather gathering with my family, all the different um, get-togethers that I have. I have um, gatherings with friends, and I've got gatherings mm-hmm. with my my Filipino community, and I've got all these little groups, right? But even yeah. though they're all so different from each other, I feel that sense of belonging in each group, yeah. you know? And I even decorate so early <laughs> for I, the holidays I agree. because I just <laughs> love the warm and fuzzy feelings it brings, yeah. you know? And um, I know I'm not alone in this. TikTok says so. <laughs> I've seen other people decorating early as well. Um, so I just want to know, like, why do the holidays evoke this response in so many of us? Yeah, I agree with you, Anna. And just even talking about it, it just creates this level of positivity in yes. you. Um, and I agree about decorating early. And I typically don't take my Christmas tree down until around March or April. Don't judge me. Oh, too my. Much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You just keep it on it the creates, whole year? <laughs> yeah. I know. I should have kept it up this year. But it just creates this good feeling. And that's right. what the research shows. It creates this optimism, being positive. People tend to be nicer during the holidays. And it can be for a lot of different reasons. Um, a lot of it is the associations that we have with the holidays, the memories that we have, like childhood, being around family, cousins, friends. Those are the times when we feel connected with people. Um, thinking about those are times when people take off work, have vacations, have those things to look forward to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just that connectedness. That's when we all get together and spend that time together with family. It's just a good feeling. It just creates this positivity. Um, I think about random acts of kindness, and you mm-hmm. typically see that during the holidays as well. I think about mainly at like restaurants like Chick-fil-A, you go to pay for your food. And when you get there, they say, oh, somebody's already paid for your food. And then you feel that obligation to pay for the person behind you. So all those things that come with the holidays, it just make you feel good and positive. That's really cool. Um, you know, when I think about uh, the, the holidays, we call it the holidays because it's not just Christmas, right? There's mm-hmm. so right. It's almost like a cluster of holidays that come for different cultures. And even yes. if th- there's somebody that's not celebrating any specific one of those, there still is the vibe of positivity. And um, yes. now I want to I wanna interject something in here for um, other kinds of listeners because, you know, I would have been in this other category at the beginning of my adulthood. Uh, The holidays did not invoke a place or a time of goodness because of Mm -hmm. family situations. It was always um, an unexpected and unpredictable time. But what I want to say about that, if there's people that are listening who feel like those are that's part of their reality or a version of their reality. And mm-hmm. I am going to really want to hear what if you have anything to add to it. But for me, what I had to make a real conscious decision to do is to shift to um, my own traditions, create new traditions. And I looked to others to do that, which, you know, we'll get into in a minute. But I looked to others, I looked to what was probably marketed to me as well. But I created um, those same things. And now I'm among the people that, you know, was ready for 
the holiday season and all of the, uh, as Anna likes to call it, I like to feel all the feels. Uh, I, I start getting ready for that uh, early. So I just want to say that we can shift and create our, our new new traditions if we want. Is there anything you would add to that? Yes, I think that's a great point. Um, a lot of the stresses that come with the holidays or that time frame is related to sticking to those traditions. And sometimes those traditions don't necessarily align with what life looks like for us right now. So being flexible, being flexible in your thinking patterns, being flexible in your behaviors will be crucial to making it work for you. That's kind of what it's about, Make knowing what feels good, what feels good for you. And I think that's more so about your self-awareness, taking that time to sit back and reflect on what feels good for you and what does not and make changes accordingly. I love that. I love that you say that. I just I, I feel validated just <laughs> hearing that because it was really it was really tough for me when I, you know, had my kids and, you know, my family had different traditions and I wanted to keep doing them. But, you know, I hadn't babies and I can't I'm not yes. I do I didn't want to bring a baby to midnight mass goodness what yes. mm-hmm. and, but that's a long-standing mm-hmm. tradition in my family and I wanted it but when it came time to it it was just I didn't know how that was going to happen and so there was a little part yes. of me that had to kind of grieve that that you know wait this yes. is not our time while the kids are young I just having them up at midnight just does not sound like a fun thing for me not even a possibility Mm -hmm. so like I said even though I wanted it I kind of had to just tell myself let's see what works for us now it doesn't mean that this has to be forever because I still want to do it like I grew up going to midnight mass and so I took a deep breath and I said, yes. it's not our turn. And I think that's okay. Like you said, you got to change it for, for your life right now and what works for you right now. So I love that. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Yes, no problem. And it, the hardest part is not feeling that guilt because mm. you've done the same thing for so long. Mm-hmm. And then people have these expectations yes. of you. But you have to know what makes you feel good and what does not make you feel good. And you have to move accordingly. Yeah. So whether I'm creating a new set of traditions, like for myself or engaging in longstanding traditions, um, I do want to look at how we create those for social gatherings. And so the best way I do it, I mentioned a minute ago, is that I look at what other people are doing and I decide Mm -hmm. whether that's my standard or somebody else's standard. And uh, there's a lot of guilt that I think that I have when I am having, you know, uh, FOMO or something. I see that somebody else is doing this and I'm not. But so I want to like get personal here for a minute and just ask you both what, Mm -hmm. you know, what are your perspectives? I mean, what makes a good or a great get together for you and we'll start with you Jasmine a great get get together for me would just involve being around the people that I love um my parents my siblings my husband my children um and any of my other family members that want to be involved that just feels good to me because it brings back this feeling of nostalgia um just being around everyone at one time Food is very important in my family. So if I don't have to cook, great. But most times I do, and I'm okay with that. But food 
definitely brings us together. That's important for us as well. So having those people around, having good food, having good conversation, those things create a great gathering for me. Okay, so I'm going to throw a wrench in here. So your loved one that you've invited to your house for the holidays wants to bring his new girlfriend that isn't maybe embraced by the whole family yet or they don't know her very well oh no what you know can you get past that it's not somebody that is that you know that knows you all so well that you can just like let it all hang out or whatever does that throw a wrench in it for you no because I think it's important to be flexible you have these expectations about who's coming, but there always may be another person that shows up that you didn't expect to be there right, that you didn't right. invite. So it's important to be flexible in that way. Um, as long as I'm able to be my authentic self, I'm going to have a good time always. You know, I also feel like there's no better time than the present, but certainly no better time than the um, positivity of the holidays to set aside judgment and bias uh, and um, irritability with people who we don't align perfectly with. So it's a great exercise in um, being a better person, you know, I Mm -hmm. think. Yeah, I agree. And that's also that self-awareness, understanding what energy or behaviors or words are being used that elicit these behaviors in you so that you can know how to target them in the future. And just focusing on being positive, even if you have negative thinking about someone, just kind of shift that thinking and just try to be more positive. Try to figure out how you can create a positive interaction with this person that you might not mesh too well with. All right. So now I'm going to put Anna in the hot seat. So uh, just tell us, reflect on what makes a great gathering for you. Well, I think um, Jasmine already said it. I was like, I want to go to your party because that's what's important to me, too. (laughs) Yeah, just being surrounded by the people I love. Like, we don't even have to have an agenda or anything, just sitting around being together. Um, But, yeah, outside of that, I would have to agree with the food because I I love food. My friends, family, we all love to eat and cook. And so that is important to us as well. Um, Yeah, just sitting around the room with food (laughs) and talking to each other, catching up on life. Because like you said, you know, the holidays, I feel like everybody puts an emphasis on the holidays and that we're going to make this work. We are going to take the time off for this time. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. We are going to make our schedules work so we could all be together. And so I, I, I love that, that we just put each other first this time of year. Okay, so I'm going to jump in. And uh, the first thing that I think of a great gathering for me is that it needs to be burdenless. Mm. And what I mean by that is I don't want to feel like there's anything that is an obligation or a burden. Like for me, I've already said I like like to decorate now and I do it early. And I so I like my space to feel festive, but feel peaceful. But I'm mm-hmm. not probably going to cook because that's a burden. So mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. I'm getting together with people, I also don't want, if I'm having folks over, I don't want them to feel like they have to like prepare a dish. I don't want it to be just the regular mm-hmm. potluck, which is what we could do anywhere. We could do it at work. We could do it right. in our social setting. So if I know that I, so 
I'm actually pretty strategic, so I so maybe this is also part of my a good gathering is is that I'm prepared for <laughs> like in advance, and so if I'm preparing yeah. to have folks over, I will be probably prepared to uh, fork out a little bit of money to have mm-hmm. it catered and to purchase or to purchase the food and have it brought in for, so that everybody can just come and they don't have to work before they get there. And I don't have to work before they get I'm there. I'm also coming there. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's my favorite party. <laughs> and you'll love it too, because I do, I do do taste tests of people's food. Like before I select who's going to be providing the food for. Oh yeah. No, I want to go to that. Oh, nice. <laughs> the, the vetting, the vetting the of the caterer first. Yes. I want to go But that's a great point, doing things that make it less stressful for you. And if you're able to, I'm all for paying for convenience and being comfortable. High five, girl. We have so many (laughs) options, right? We have so many options now that create space for us to truly enjoy and be present in the moment and not be bogged down by all the things in the background. Yeah, that is that is so much a part of it. Um, so, um, oh, I guess you're next. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to say that it seems like the holiday uh, season and the gatherings is full of anticipation and expect and expectations. And can those two things elevate our well being? Like anticipation yes. and expectation. Yes. I think they can elevate as well as make it difficult for us, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> because you can have that anticipation of being around family and having those good feels and, mm-hmm. and having that good food. And then you can anticipate having that same argument with you ha- that you have with your cousin every year. <laughs> so that anticipation, right? Right. Or you can have the expectations that you're going to from family members we're going to play these good games we're going to have fun but then you might also have that expectation that nobody's going to buy me a gift even though I buy everyone else gifts oh, like my. those type of things right, right? it can always be twofold yeah. so it can increase our well-being but also make us feel a little icky both that anticipation and expectation for me um, I, it's I love anticipation but I do not care about expectation there again is Mm -hmm. I add that word uh, burden Uh, an expectation sounds negative to me it sounds like I have an obligation Mm. to something and so yeah I I I really break the two of those apart no I can see that and I kind of want to tie that into earlier when you were talking about catering and all this stuff it reminded me of so last year was the first time we hosted our extended family in our home for the holidays and it was a big Mm -hmm. deal it was our first time in our home and um the expectation of cooking and serving all those types of food for my family that's a huge expectation because I come from a family of cooks and Uh but the thing is when my parents would host these parties and my aunts my uncles would host this they would be cooking like days before all yeah. day long. It's a huge event. It's a huge production. And I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I really, it's so much yeah. time and so much work. And so I shifted to getting it catered. And when I told the family that, there were 
there were gasps. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not cooking in the, your traditional <laughs> Filipino dishes. I'm like, no, I don't even know how to cook half of those dishes. <laughs> and so, so it was just that expectation that I fought with myself, like back and forth. Well, maybe I can do it. Maybe, you know, on Friday, as soon as I get off work, I can get this dish done and then the ne- it's all about planning and I was trying to talk myself into it yeah. at a certain point I was like you know what no I, I cannot I cannot do it and so we ended up catering and you know my, mm-hmm. the older family members in my family were like okay I guess this is something different <laughs> <laughs> but my cousins were like oh this is great this is something different like this is cool <laughs> so you know I took the good and the bad but for me, it was, it was like you, you said, Julie, burdenless. I felt that huge yeah. weight off my shoulder once once we made the call and said, "All right, we're gonna order this, this, and that." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the expectation—that's such a huge word. So, like, how can we avoid letting our expectations set us up for for a letdown? Because I feel like yeah. the word expectation is so huge when it comes to the holidays. You know, um, just yeah. before you answer that, Jasmine, when I think mm-hmm. about what you're saying, there's another version that uh, that you can answer that with, with the letdown, is that sometimes we can have this expectation that everything's going to be perfect because didn't we just decorate the house perfect right. and order the perfect food? Right. So when you talk right. about that expectation setting us up for a letdown, can you um, kind of help us manage when things don't go exactly swimmingly for us? Right. So for me, expectations don't feel like a burden because I'm always going to focus on realistic expectations. Good for you. You have to. (laughs) She's a therapist. But I know, I need you. That's hard to do. I need you in my ear every day. It's hard to do. I know. (laughs) It's hard to shift your mind to expect exactly what people have shown you throughout the years because you want to see more. You anticipate something better, Right. Um, but I think realistic expectations are key uh, in being flexible. I know I mentioned that earlier, mm-hmm. but that's the biggest thing. You have an expectation, but life happens. Things change. You have to be flexible and allow yourself to adapt to whatever new situation that may come up that may be different to, different from what you expected it to be. So that's the main thing, being flexible and having realistic expectations to avoid <sighs> that letdown. <laughs> I just love the word realistic expectations. That is so key. But what if you're someone like me that just can't shake that? How do we yeah. keep practicing that or reminding ourselves that, you know, things aren't going to crumble if we change some things up. Like if we choose to not cook everything, you know, because it was hard for me to get there. And here's another one, uh, not cook everything or not do an, like a, and everybody gift exchange do like um, right. a white elephant yeah. party yes. or a, oh, um, a, a drawing names kind of mm-hmm. thing where you everybody mm-hmm. gets one instead of everybody has yes. to make sure that ev- everybody gets something from everybody because there's some expectation there. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not only not realistic, especially in it, it, today's economy, I think that right. it takes away for me some authenticity because I literally, 
um, when I buy a gift for somebody or I bake something for them, which is rare, but I <laughs> will do it, or cook something in particular, especially like if it's like if somebody's sick and I and I want to make them, my, I make a great Hungarian mushroom soup. That's mm-hmm. when I want to cook. Um, if yeah. somebody is, um, you know, had something really exciting happen, like they got a promotion or something like that, that's when I want to buy a gift. I do want mm-hmm. to do traditional things, but I also want it to feel like it comes from someplace real. Mm-hmm. Meaningful. Yeah, that makes a difference. I think I'm going to throw in another word that might sound icky, <laughs> but bounded. Boundaries. No, 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 I don't. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's so funny. It's so Julie and I just had this conversation because my therapist is working with me on setting those boundaries, and here you are telling me the same thing. (laughs) She literally had to tell her. It is her, right? Yeah. She literally had to tell her. I hear you. I like it, but I have to like. I have to think about whether I'm ready to set boundaries or not. It's not something you can just go do because I told her it's not possible. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you you talk, Jasmine. Help me. Help me out with this. Absolutely. And all our listeners. Possible. (laughs) It's possible. It's just a little different because again, it requires a shift in your mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Um. But as we talked about social well-being, when you have these relationships that are supportive, that foster growth, you can set those boundaries when you have those healthy relationships in place. So it's just about, again, self-awareness, knowing what works for you and what does not work for you. And when you recognize that, having real conversations with people and letting them know, hey, this is how it makes me feel. Or if I'm buying a gift, I want you to truly feel how thoughtful I'm being when I'm buying gifts. I don't want to just be buying gifts in a meaning in a meaningless way. And when you speak to people that you have these healthy relationships with in that way, typically they're able to understand. It might take them a little time to adjust to the new normal, the new boundary that you put in place. And that's okay. We all have a, a period where we need to adapt to certain things, but you've had the conversation, you set the boundary, and then you're going to move forward in that way. Sounds easy. Very difficult. <laughs> requires a lot of practice. Requires a lot of self-reflection. And, and, and that's okay. All right. So I'm going to um, make the it sounds easy, but it's not even more complex because I had an epiphany mm-hmm. while you were talking, Jasmine. And it is that it, it uh, and this is the communication skills trainer in me coming out, that it mm-hmm. is possible to set boundaries, but you have to, it has to be communicated well. And uh, it can't just be, you know, because if I'm not a really skilled communicator and I need to set a boundary, I might just set it and Mm -hmm. not say people want insight. They want to know why something has shifted or something has changed. And it can't just look like I mean, because one bad move can make like somebody feel insulted or left out or something. So I think it's about taking the longer route when you have to say even if you set a boundary of no I can't do that um it's easy to say no no I'm not going to do that this mm-hmm. year but if I take a longer communication route and I say you know I really thought about that and 
I'm so glad you brought it up because I I moved on the side of not going to do it. And and the reason Mm -hmm. why is because of X, Y, Z. And when you give them that, then they have insight and they have an opportunity to be more okay with it than to fill in those blanks Mm -hmm. with why you did it. Um, Yes. What do you think of that? (laughs) No, I think you're I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. Giving people the why is important. Letting them know your feelings related to that situation is key because people can appreciate that more than just setting that boundary and just saying no. No, but this is why. Because I want to give you something that is meaningful because I want to feel that you feel my thoughtfulness in this situation. So giving that why is important. (laughs) I'm like twisting and turning in my seat. It makes me feel so uncomfortable because I just think about, you know, certain situations. But when when it comes to families, I feel like that is so tough to set those mm-hmm. boundaries because they're your family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes me feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> and the other piece is that there is a generational component to that. I mm. think you mentioned it, Anna, when you talked about, you know, older family members were kind of not feeling the right. catering thing at first, right? <laughs> right. But the younger ones were maybe okay with it. It's a generational thing. And I think some people are open to having those different types of things come in. And sometimes you'll get resistance. Yeah. And resistance is okay. And I think that's as- what it is. Just being okay yeah. with the resistance and expecting for there to be some type of a resistance yes. and not yes. meet the resistance with your own resistance <laughs> don't right. meet the resistance with resistance <laughs> right but when you think about it with any change there's going to be some resistance there it's just yeah. about again having that open and effective communication giving that insight into the why offering new ways of doing things that give you the same feels yeah So we've talked a a lot about, um, (laughs) we went down some rabbit holes here. (laughs) I like the rabbit holes. I like it too. It was really good. Um, But I, I, you know, I'm going to shift something up that uh, we thought about talking about, but didn't. But I want to just because it's so positive and it, and it like came to my mind while we're, we were um, having this conversation is one of my traditional favorite things to do when we gather and what makes a good get together for me is getting together and, and like having a, a holiday movie night, watching mm-hmm. my, uh, my favorite thing, uh, the, the old mm-hmm. Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer oh, <laughs> and the, the musical ones and white Christmas and, Um, So what what is it about gathering for because there's some real traditions around the holidays and you know I'm sorry to leave anybody else out that's just my perspective so think about this Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. in in terms of your own as you listen in terms of your own um, holiday traditions and your own cultural preferences but um, Mm -hmm. so maybe speak to that the getting together and doing these things just to watch holiday movies. Yeah, that connectedness, just feeling connected to other people. Because as you mentioned earlier, Anna, it just feels good knowing that people are prioritizing you in that time because that doesn't happen all year long. The idea that we're committed to getting together during this time, enjoying each other, kind of not not thinking of things that are happening in the world and at work and all these things we have to balance all the time. Prioritizing and feeling connected connected and having that sense of belonging with your family. I love those times together. 
Well, Jasmine, we yeah. are at the end of our episode. So I just want to ask you as a, a closing, what reminder do you have for our listeners and their families as they seek to make the most of their time together this season? Yeah, self-awareness is key. Mm. Reflecting on what what brings you joy and trying to focus on those things, trying to engage in those activities, being around those people that bring you joy. And if you have to be in situations that don't necessarily bring you joy, being flexible in your expectations, mm. being flexible in how you respond to those situations, trying to find a positive outlook in those negative situations. So that's the biggest thing, doing what works for you. Again, creating those new traditions like Julie mentioned um, and just making yourself feel good during the holidays. I love it. Wonderful. Thank you, Thank Thank you, you so, so much, much for being on today. Thank you. Now, I appreciate it. You're very valued. I'm going to turn to listeners. I have some resource information for you. So for information about our Employee Assistance and Wellbeing Program services, you can call our office at 713-500-3327, and our confidential team will direct you to the faculty or staff representative who can help you. You can reach us 24-7-365 for urgent matters and during regular office hours for all other business. You can also contact Anna and me by emailing us at wellness at UTH. And please note, you and your family members both, so it's not just you, but your family members are also eligible to receive EAP and well-being services. So we hope you'll take advantage of our services uh, if you are in need. Thank you so much for listening and um, happy holidays, however you celebrate them.